Welcome to WBCALP 102.9 FM in Boston, another edition of Black Teachers Matter. I'm producer and host Sharon Eaton Hinton here with another wonderful guest, Marlon Solomon of the Afro American Institute. We're going to talk about the 10 programs that he has coming up for Black History. Yes, this is not live. Black History Month, but for those of us who are black, 365 days a year, you know, just like you go into the store and they um, advertise, what do they advertise? They advertise like they're advertising like uh, they've been doing Valentine's Day in December or something like that. <laughs> so they do it in way ahead in advance. So we're going to do it way ahead in advance of Black History Month talking about the program that's starting actually February 1st, the Afro-American Institute founder. And are you the executive director? I'm about everything. You're about, about everything, right. right? Civil engineer, and you've got this programming going on. Right. And uh, so we're going to talk about all the good stuff that people can get involved in. It's like 10 different programs, right, throughout February? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of work ahead. So I want to, um, before I get really discombobulated because I'm engineering and I'm talking to you and I really want to get into talking to you for the next 55 minutes or so. And so I'm going to try to play this video and then we're going to come back here on Black Teachers Matter and talk uh, talk about this. Boston's story is a tapestry of community and history shaped by a map drawn 86 years ago on February 1st, 1938. These lines weren't just boundaries, they were barriers. Today, we confront this truth head on that our beloved city of Boston is segregated by design. Boston Red Line 86 ignites a month-long journey of dialogue, discovery, and change. As we revisit our past, we're redrawing our future. Starting now, welcome to Boston Red Line 86, Black History Month event series. Join the Afro American Academy's hashtag BRL86 Black History Month event series with 10 events spanning four historic neighborhoods, telling stories of resilience, unity, and hope. From the soulful echoes of jazz at Wally's in the South End to the revolutionary spirit of African Meeting House in the West End, from the majestic Jewish temples of Mattapan and Dorchester to our first struggles with diversity and inclusion at Hyde Park High School. Dive into the stories of redlining and urban renewal and join the movement crafting a fresh narrative for Boston. Engage in the events. Experience the walk and tour, support the cause by signing our petition, and explore the hashtag BRL86 bookstore. There's a role for everyone in this new chapter. From insightful talks to walking tours, there's a place for everyone. Together, we celebrate and stride forward. Starting February 1st, be part of Boston's new chapter with Redline 86. Register, join the conversation, and help build a culture to thrive in Boston. Visit www.linktree.com forward slash African One and follow us at African One. Let's unfold history together. Hey. Yes, sir. Me like it. Me like it a lot. <laughs> talk to me about um, talk to me about that that actual that whole promo thing. I mean, it's a lot. It was only like a minute or so, but oh, um, yeah. 
it gave a nice little flavor about what you're about to do starting right. February 1st. And so we want to be able to give people the LinkedIn information and all the um, information, right? Well, you know, the information, how to get more information, more information, right. www and all that other good stuff. But give us the brief overview of what all this is about. Right. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me on. First of all, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to share with your listeners. Um, so I, um, my name is Marlon Solomon and I am a civil engineer. I do work in the cultural diversity, equity, and inclusion space, as well as restorative project management. So long, long story short, I study cultural hubs and infrastructure and how it works with culture. And, um, my basis of my studies lies in redlining, urban renewal, understanding how that influences and, you know, shapes our city and, the Boston Red Line map, ironically, is, is it was issued February 1st, 1938. And so on Thursday, we have an 86th anniversary of a map that influenced all of our lives and still influences it today. In fact, I would even argue that it, it, it is more impactful today than it was before because we've been building on the same systems, you know what I'm saying? So that is... Um, what we'll be talking about and because of this um, the red line map was primarily used to um, discriminate against um, african-americans in particular but other groups other ethnic groups as well we will be having a event series all month long <clears throat> so i've got a lot sorry we've got a lot of uh, uh work ahead of us we got about a couple of events every week going from now to the 29th and, um, yeah, we'll be visiting different parts of Boston. So we're going to start off in Roxbury, um, doing a walking tour. And you know, every Saturday we have a walking tour. So we're going to start off in uh, Roxbury. And then we're going to end up going to Dorchester to one of the temples, dealing with the Jewish and African-American historical um, connection. Then we're going to go to the West End on the 17th of February, where we'll be at the African Meeting House and... Um, doing redlining and resistance talk with uh, the West End Museum. And then, of course, finally, we'll be at Hyde Park High, um, starting a conversation around the 50th year desegregation of the Boston public school system. So we've got a, quite a few little things. But the whole idea is to kind of give everybody an opportunity to step in to and immerse themselves in an educational process, kind of like a project month where people are, learning, going to workshops. We have a couple of events at Wally's Jazz Cafe. So, you know, I was hoping you were going to bring up uh, Wally's. Oh, you that's know that. like, well, I, <laughs> you know in that. the whole discussion we had about how we need to, to re-own and retake Wally's. Right. I, oh, yeah. There, there's, a, there's a lot of work to be done there, working with Frank and, and, and down there at uh, Wally's. You know, he's very um, passionate about getting instruments into the hands of our young people, um, if you ever been to Wally's, uh, um, at least recently, you'll find that the, the the jazz music isn't being driven by the people who created it. Um, and not saying that we don't appreciate um, everybody enjoying the, the jazz music, but um, that's our ownership, that's our heritage. And I feel that as African Americans, we need to ensure that we are driving our own art forms because these art forms have a lot of usages that maybe we're not aware of. Like they bring people into our community. This is how the communities before the redlining and the urban renewal projects of the 50s and 60s, this is how those communities used to feed themselves, right? Segregation, you can go get jobs other places, but guess what? We was getting people to come to listen to Thelonious Monk, Miles Davis, 
Aretha Franklin, Stevie Wonder, they were coming to the you know different different communities, different cultural hubs. People probably know it as the Chitlin Circuit, and um, these communities were like a lifeblood of of the economy. So uh, we feel it's important to make sure that our young people are getting those instruments back in their hands and creating that magic. You know, this is what happens when you're engineering your own show, right? Um, Got to do it all. Sometimes. So, well, I'm not doing it all. You're here. And for those people <laughs> who just came here, you're listening to Black Teachers Matter here in WBCA LP 102.9 FM, Boston. We are Boston's community radio station. This is another edition of Black Teachers Matter. I have a black teacher who actually has a black school. Talk about the Afro-American Institute, because I actually interviewed you the first time I talked right. to you. I interviewed you in Studio A, which is, for those of you who are familiar with uh, being in media, that's upstairs in Studio A. And so we are we are on the first floor in the radio podcast studio, and this is the first time you've been in here with me. Right, right. We, I, it, looks, we, it looks good in here. It looks good in here. I'm feeling all, like, you know, high budget and stuff, so I'm feeling it, right? <laughs> No, you so said I budget right. So, you know. but so we when you when I originally it was about a year ago. Yeah, it was actually a while yeah, a year ago, yeah. and then I saw you again uh, recently at a community meeting in Hyde Park. Right, or those people from Boston, Hyde Pack, Hyde Pack, Hyde Pack. You gotta lose the I. Uh, you gotta use the yeah right. <laughs> pack. It. Everything is P A Pack. Right, And so about the um, squares and streets initiative. Right. So. Mm. Mm. You know, one of the events that you're giving is actually in Hyde Park. It's right. involved in the history of Hyde Park. Right. Excuse me, but when you, we talked about your initiative, your, um, the Afro-American Institute. So give us Academy. an overview of that. Right. So the Afro-American Academy. Um, I'm sorry, Afro-American Academy. I got you up at the Institute level. Uh, but, hey, you know. hey, we're getting there. We're going to get there. Right, right. So, <laughs> let's get, so that. Right. No problem. So the African-American Academy, um, so like, you know, as an engineer, I develop systems that build community, repair, harm, and promote inclusivity. And my number one and my pride and joy is the African-American Academy, which is a um, educational institute. We're, we're Boston Public School Partners. We're a nonprofit. So we basically provide educational services. But we develop our own based on, um, you know, like I said, redlining and urban renewal and studying what the communities during the recovery, and I call it the recovery on purpose because um, in between, like after post-slavery to 1965 or so, we had, uh, for the first time in American history, we African-Americans had their own little villages, right, in every little city. Harlem, Detroit was Motown, um, the Chitlin Circuit, and these communities based on our cultural hubs. So like like, they're like African-American versions of North End or Chinatown, and they... Um, used to bring people into the community, like I said earlier, to listen to, you know, the best musicians that God has ever made. And, but there's a lot to go into what education is back then. It's not just, because remember, segregation. So while we was getting music education on an informal basis in our churches and jazz clubs, right, the high schools were also teaching about vocational studies, right? And um, you could get your certification in plumbing or, or, you know, any other plumbing, electrician, whatnot, you could get all that at the high school level. So our community was now fueled, as you can see, with people who were already entrepreneurs and had the skill sets to run their own businesses, you know, that was maintaining these communities. Um, in fact, this goes to the petition, because we do have a, a, a education in the beloved community 
um, petition. And that is meant to, that's the number one thing that I want people to really, if you can't make to any events, please sign the petition because we want to have, we want to start, uh, we have some tenets of the work that we do in the Afro-American Academy. As you're, as you're talking, I just want, I'm, I'm flashing visuals of some of the, um, and you can't see them, but I can see I can't see, see nothing. I, you know, brother, <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm letting you know as right. you're talking. Um, one of the visuals is Road to Reflection, Initiating Dialogue in 50 Years of BPS Desegregation, right, right. Honoring Our Journey Toward Educational Equity in Hyde Park. So as you're talking, I'm actually showing visible the, the, oh, visuals. It. So keep going. Right. So that is the culmination. Um, you know, that's, you know, that's the culmination of all this work we're doing because the last real big event will be in Hyde Park and Hyde Park and Hyde Park. And it will be like, we're going to, we'll have like a bunch of activities for youth. We're going to have people there that went through the Boston uh, speakers, um, and uh, we got people doing like workshops. We got about six workshops, some in music, vocations, all these little tenets of what it means to have education in a beloved community, um, which are these kind of cultural hubs. So it's based on our research on what was going on during, before the, um, you know, during the, the, the last days of segregation and how these communities and the education process was feeding the community with um, well-balanced, you know, network of, economic activities based around our cultural heritage. So we are, you know, the Afro-American Academy, we're trying to revive that. We're trying to look into not just what's be, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not about just, you know, math and English and things like that. It's about project management. It's about um, learning how to um, work and operate as an executive, right? Making decisions, right? And sometimes in our communities, right, we don't have the role models to show us the way. And, the Afro-American Academy um, is designed to be that seniors, you know, those, those seniors, those are elders, is designed to systemize that system and give our youth those kind of supports and backing as if they did have a network of aunties and uncles and cousins and whatnot that have been in business for years. I'm just showing this um, Chop It Up podcast, Blast from, Blast from the Past. Oh, yes. Reflecting on 50 years of desegregation. Right. That's February 22nd. Right. That's what uh, we got. We got, uh, so I've got um, seven young people from our community. Also, Afro-American Academy also has about nine Northeastern students that turn out to be our research development department. Apartment. So big up uh, Northeastern and our students who um, do the data analysis. They're my research department. and They study like maps and stuff and do all this other deep dive into things, but we do have a bunch of uh, very, very, very smart, intelligent, well-rounded um, go-getters from our community. Uh, some of them put BPS, some of them Metco, some of them are still in, are in college, and they'll be giving their um, interpretation because there's a lot of stuff that's going on with busing even today, right? They're still getting kids being bused from our community to other communities to go to quote-unquote better schools and when they go there, there's still a lot of problems that exist, but it's all because of we still live in a segregated society. So, um, you know, they'll be talking about that. Um, and like I said, the petition, we're really kind of looking for four tenants. Erecting, we're, we're looking at location-based history. We want to know what's going on in the community or what had gone on in the community so our youth will know who they are and where they stand in the struggle, where they get to pick up from what other people have been working on towards. If there's no connection, then we're going to continue doing the same mistakes that we've always been doing, looking for culturally enriching programs and projects so that while these 
stage will not will be fueled by what it traditionally had been fueled by. Remember, we're going back. We're going back to what we used to do. It's not like we're coming up with something new. This is how the, the stage at Wally's Paradise, that's what it was called back then, Wally's Paradise was run by the, was, was fueled by the, by the people who invented the music, the young, uh, young people of um, our communities. Then, of course, vocation certification in high schools. We think that's key. We want our young people to get out of high school with an opportunity to already have a trade and already have certification, be able to start serve as apprentices and whatnot in businesses so they can one day own their own business. Entrepreneurship is the real generational wealth. So we're trying to make sure that people um, engage in that. There's also developing community-based organizations and solutions. So we definitely want our kids to get civically engaged, um, learn how to work this government and work how to be part of, you know, be at the table and organize communities, which is we need a lot of that, right? So we want our young people to do that. And, of course, like I said, I study cultural hubs. I'm looking to rebuild the Chitlin Circuit. I want to facilitate providing the direction for people to understand that we had villages that, that were self and So let me, let me cut in here real quick. No, and, no and I'm going to show the first event, um, mm. Visualizing Equitable Urban Design in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, and Adam Susanek. Tell me about Adam. And, and February 1st, it's um, streaming live on YouTube right. at 7 p.m. Yes. And tell me about that first event. Right. Streaming live on Afro-American TV, our YouTube channel that's run by our students, by the way. And um, we are, that's my, that's the engineering nerdy part of me. So I got this architect, Adam is a wonderful brother. He is um, Adam Susanek. He's actually in Holland right now. So he'll be tuning in at like 10 or 11 at night. And he, um, I don't know, well, a lot of people, the, the, the Bible of redlining is the book called uh, Color of Law that was written by Richard Rothstein. And, um, and um, that book is a great book, but hey, it's a lot of words and no pictures. So I was inspired by the book, but you know, Adam was also inspired by the book. So it's kind of like, he's my like red line cousin and whatnot. And he, um, but he, what he, as an architect, what he did was he was able to put visuals, right? To show like, this is a black community back in 1923 or whatnot, and then this is it after urban renewal, right? And a lot of times I was in Dallas this recently, and then there's a place called Deep Ellum, and it used to be like the entertainment district, uh, the African-American community there, and now it's a highway, right? So this is what happened to all the communities through city expansions and highway development. A lot of our communities, the Chitlin Circuit got basically wiped off the planet. And you know what? So, so here's the deal, right? I don't eat Chitlin's. <laughs> I don't eat chitlins. I I ate one once. Right. And for those people, let's let's demystify and give some people some su- subtitles. Chitlin, right. Okay. Got chitlins it. are the intestines of pigs mm. that our ancestors ate on the plantation because we were only allowed the worst food right. to subsist on. And right. on the plantation, our children were this this slop, this gruel was put into pig troughs. And literally, our kids had to eat out of these pig troughs, mm. and we got the worst of any kind of an animal, right. e- even after we. Um, but as we are, and we do, you know, African Americans, Black Americans, Americans, um, we turned it into something right. amazing. And right. so, chitlins are these is intestine pigs' intestines that you have to clean out. You got to clean out a certain them. way, 
Don't eat and, anybody's chilling. But, well, <laughs> and, and they smell. Right. I remember um, she's gone on to be with the Lord, Miss Moss, mm. when my mother had to go to work. My father was in prison, and when my mother had to go to work, uh, we were on the second floor. She was on the first floor. Right. And when she cooked chitlins, the the casings around the radiators were loose. And so we could smell her cooking that. And just smelling it made me never want to eat it, right? But that, there were so many people who ate it. I ate it one time. It actually wasn't bad. But when I knew what it was and where it came from and the fact that, um, you know, the whole, whole historical reference, there. by the way, no, no shame, no hate. I'm just not eating it. Um, and there are people that still eat it, but it's it's a it's a plantation food that um, we had to make tasty because that's what we had. So when you say chitlin circuit, it was the places down south that entertainers. It was the network that where we right. could go, and we weren't um, necessarily regulated uh, relegated to the back room. Although right. part of the chitlin circuit did include establishments where. Black people could be the performers, but not the audience. So that was also part of the Chitlin Circuit. But it tended to be um, down south in some of the Midwest, which is where the majority of black folks at that particular time, you know, after slavery, right. during Reconstruction, and even during the Great Migration, where black people um, yes, fleeing definitely. racial terrorism, because that's the exactly escape, what it was. The Great Escape. I well, don't call it the Great uh, I don't call It, it was no a migration great, because it went north. Or you could go Midwest or you well, could go but, West. I, I hear you, but migration sounds to me like, you know, you're moving somewhere for a better life, like out of choice. Well, we thought we were. <laughs> we, well, we well, thought we were. I and, think and it that, was. At that point, when they were lynching us down south, you know, on a weekly basis for minor infractions or made up infractions, it did seem like um, that was the place to go. Well, I think it was a little better, but what I'd say is that. I think that running away for your life is more of a great escape. Migration seems oh, no, like no, that's I, a there's no, there's, I mean, I don't disagree, but right. I'm just saying that when you look in books and, and when you talk about migrants books? now, they're actually the biggest migration in this country happened with, it was, a, it was forced uh, yes, either through racial exactly. terrorism right. or from fleeing for our lives right. and for looking for what we thought were better opportunities. So we went from, from Mississippi to Mississippi, and we found out <laughs> that you know there was still some of that stuff before. going That's on. Good. Well, you know, it's one of the things I made up, and it's, right. it's it, good. it works. That's good. That's and good. Um, for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Black Teachers Matter. I'm here with Marlon Simon, yes. who is the founder. An executive director? Why I say executive director? Yes, that's like a yeah, founder. Leading senior, senior pro, actually, my official title is senior project engineer. There it is, senior right, project engineer right, here right. in WBCA LP, one hundred two point nine FM in Boston, where Boston's community radio station, and we're talking about these series of amazing events right. that he is he is um, putting together, promoting, producing. Um, I'll show you this one that's happening on February first, the Boston Red Line eighty six. That's what's going down in town. Right, 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 right. And some of these events are happening in Hyde Park. That's in the, Hyde that's Park. The, no, in yes. Hyde Park. But some of them, well, they're starting. They're actually all over the place. And you right. were talking about that. So that's what we're talking about if you just right. tuned in. We're right. going to take a short break in a minute. But before we take the break, let's talk about what you want the outcomes of these events to be. Right. Where do you want people to, you want people to come to the events. Right. And you want people to participate and to right. sign up. Um, sign a petition. You know, you can sign up. You don't have to. This is, we're not saying you should or you, we're just saying you could. If you agree. We don't want you if you don't agree. You have to well, agree. I mean, there's, there's, we're on radio and so we, <laughs> we have to, 
use certain wording right, 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 so that um, we don't get shut down. Okay. And so uh, <laughs> there's, you know, there's no calls to action. There's no prices, no profanity, no, no conflicts of interest. And so there's certain things that, so we say you may show up, you, you can participate, you can right, sign up can, if you like, you if you like, definitely. if you like, and if you, you would like to get more information, they go to where? Um, they can go to um, www.linktree.com back uh, forward slash Afro American one. Um, you can hit us up on Instagram. The link is right there in the bio. Uh, so Afro American one, Afro American Academy, you can hit us up there. Okay. And so we're going to take a short break for right now. And we're going to come back with my guest. You may join us if you like, <laughs> you can join us if you like, um, we are actually um, here for another edition. You know, one of these days I'm going to have to count and say this is an episode, whatever. Honestly, we've been doing this um, Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. here in WBCA LP 102.9 FM in Boston. Boston's community radio station. I'm your host, Sharon Hinton. Sharon Eaton Hinton, because I'm going to use all them names. And, and uh, you may listen to us. Until we get off the air tonight and it will be rerun again. But in the meantime, in between time, I need you to get out a paper and a pencil so that you can take down all this information on these 10 amazing events that you may come to if you'd like. And we'll be back in just a moment. Stay here with us at WBCA LP 102.9 FM in Boston. I'm Sharon Eaton Hinton and these episodes are Black Teachers Matter with Marlon Solomon. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if, if they can think it, they can do it. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Why should you care if some kid from across town drops out of school? I'll tell you why. Because that kid and every other kid just like him is going to end up on the streets. Now maybe they'll be stealing cars or dealing drugs or worse. That's why you should care about that kid across town. So get involved in your schools because if our kids go down the tubes, we go with them. When I was in the fourth grade, I had this teacher, Mrs. Schumacher. Whenever I'd fool around in class, she'd say, Mr. Alexander, you're quite the actor. And she was right. Here I am today, quite the actor. <laughs> you know, teachers really do make a difference in our kids' lives. And the more support we give our teachers, the more they give our kids. I wonder what Mrs. Schumacher would say if she could see me today. And we're back here on Black Teachers Matter here at WBCA LP 102.9 FM in Boston. I'm your host, Sharon Eaton Hinton, and the producer. And I want to encourage you to go to www.bnnmedia.org. You too could come here and you can do a radio podcast program. You can do a cable TV program in studio a, upstairs at BNN Media, or you can come down here and you can learn how to do it. We've got workshops. Go to the website and you can check it out. I'm here with my special guest, 
Marlon Solomon. And we're talking about these events that are coming up through the month of February, the shortest month in the year. And um, Black History. Well, you know, there was a purpose behind it, right? So there was a reason why. And that's Cart... Was it Woodson? Carlton? Oh, Lord have mercy. I know I am like so tired. But... um, Carl, Carl and G, no, see, I'm going to have to get this together. G. Woodson, Dr. Woodson, who came up with the idea of uh, Black History Month. And there was a, there was a, because there were so many President's Days, this is what I remember. Mm-hmm. There's President's Days in Black History Month in February. That's why he named it to be Black History Month. There's all sorts of, we, we're going to figure that out. We're going we're gonna, to, Carter G. Woodson, okay, right, right. kick it in the gear. And uh, <laughs> so, so it's, it's a month. And there is all this backlash from, but there's always been black backlash when black folks got together and decided this is what we want to do. Right. Um, so it's happening around, you know, critical race theory. Right. Um, it's happening around us knowing, um, wanting to know who we are. It's happening around reparations. It's happening. Right. You know, I'm hoping it doesn't happen around your event. I don't think it will. I don't think it should um, because it's open to everyone, right? It is a very open to everyone. Um, you know, when you asked me a little bit what I want people to get, I want people to get understand that that you can unite around us and recognize us for who we are. It's not like is there not there don't have to be two separate things. You can support, ally, whatever. Um, and it, it, this is goes out to not just this is not about black people. Remember, because this history that we're celebrating, we're not celebrating Nigerian history. We're not celebrating Jamaican history. So we're celebrating African-American history and all our brothers from all over the world, whether whatever race is irrelevant in this situation. We're talking about people that you may not have a different understanding of because um, I'm half Nigerian. And, you know, a lot of people from Nigeria don't really understand the struggle. Right. They've heard about it. They've heard little things here and there. But that's why it's so important we get this history right. And this is why it's important that we make sure our history is raised up, because, um, you know, I, I tell my youth all the time that you see they are racing history because they they're successful at it right and if they've been successful at it because they won't they're not going to continue doing something if they not if it's not working for them so it's been working for them and we can leave why they're doing it but you just know that they've done it and they've been successful so they so what don't we know right because they've been successful there's a lot of things that we do not know right um and you know going back we have a bookstore uh, the BRLL Bookstore, please check it out. We've got a lot of great um, um, titles on there. The Warmth of the Other Sun by Isabella um, Isabel Wickelson. We've got a, the Green Book, and you buy it off there, and you also be able to help us out a little bit, support the campaign. But the Green Book um, basically shows all the spaces in America, and this is North and South, that were um, part of this interconnected. So when I say the Chitlin Circuit, I mean that a lot, there were like a, a black, an African-American village in every city in America, right? North, south, everywhere. There's just places that we lived for about, like I said, 100 years. And these places were mostly entertainment district because that's our primary cultural artifact. That's what we use to sell and make money, um, our cultural um, skills that we have that we use to sell money. So we've got a lot of books. We've got Color of Law, Redlining, um, People Before Highways, um, a lot of great titles. So all your teachers out there that are looking to instill a little bit of, uh, you know, um, location-based history, meaning like it's not enough just to know that Barack Obama is the black, the first black president. You need to know what happened in the streets of Boston 
in regards to the struggle because that's where that's what's relevant to you and your culture because you're from we are from here so um yeah that's a good one so i'm looking up your um website mm -hmm. right and i just stepped which away one because i got like two well you know that american academy yeah got you no i can't see i can't see what you're doing i know you can't see what i'm doing <laughs> i'm just trying to so and when i'm looking at your website right now i'm, I'm going to scroll through some of these photographs and it shows you with your i mean it's going through the photographs mm -hmm. and it's going through some of the photographs when i guess you were traveling with a group of students so there's a there's a garden photograph and then there's um uh you're on a looks like a ferry on a ship right 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 right, right and then right. so you've got all these photographs on your website mm -hmm. that's um, my summer project my summer projects talk uh, about your summer projects while uh, the photographs are scrolling right so basically um we have a some we have two project months you're just we're talking about the february one which is what we're about to do now community project month. but the where it all comes from is the youth project month that we do for and it's a job kids are getting paid 14 to 24 through the city of Boston. Uh, shout out to the Youth Engagement Office um, and Boston After School and Beyond. Um, so we provide educational, you know, summer program for uh, young people in our community. And we give them projects and we take them out on um, uh, field trips um, and basically immerse them. So it's basically the same thing as Boston Red Line 86, but for younger people. And uh, yeah, so that's what those pictures are, us going out to, you know, we go to uh, George's Island, go to the Boston Athenia, Athenaeum. We go to Mike's Pastries. That's always a tasty treat so they can see the North End and see what it looks like. You'd be surprised how many of our youth, as much as they live in Boston, have never been to certain parts of the city. They have no business. They just say, hey, I ain't got no business going there, so why am I going? So just to let them expand their horizons. Um, we like going to the uh, Bill Russell statue. Um, hit up, you know, the, the South End around Wally's and walk around there. Uh, we're normally stationed at uh, Madison Park Technical Vocational School where they learn that Madison Park was actually a real park that was that the school is basically on that was part of the African-American village that got destroyed during the 50s and 60s. So, um, you know, they learn a lot about, you know, like I said, location-based history. It's not, you know, it's not enough to know what happened, you know, thousand years ago or uh, during slavery or whatever. What happened in the 50s and 60s to your grandparents? That's what we want to know. Okay, that's awesome. And I just stopped it at um, the 54th Regiment. Mm. Oh, yes, so, sir. Yeah, we, we I stopped it at the 54th Regiment. And, um, you know, I'm just, it, it, it's a, this studio here is more involved for me because I'm engineering at the same time I'm talking to you. So you got to right. be multi-talented, multitasking. But I saw, so, so the um, clips that we, the photos that we we we're looking at were like on a carousel of different photographs. And so I stopped it at the 54th regiment, which is, um, infantry. Right. Um, the photograph, the, um, the bas relief is actually across from the state house and, right. uh, right across from Boston common, but the actual campgrounds were in Hyde Park. Hyde Park, right? <laughs> Camp Meads. We went. I think what those pictures. There's some that are a little old, but last year, this last summer, we went to Camp Meads, and we uh, were treated by the great, uh, the great people out there. I want to shout out Joe Okafor, who's um, also part of the regiment. And they'll actually be at uh, Hyde Park uh, um, High School. Well, I mean New Mission High School. I'm like living in the 50s. 
but uh, it is uh, New Mission High School, and uh, we'll went for the twenty the event on the twenty fourth, and they'll be um, participating in the workshop around civic engagement. You know, and I'm also trying to um, bring up the bookstore. So talk about the book bookstore again. Okay, yeah. So the bookstore, you know, like we have, you know, like a lot of people say, hey, man, where do I learn more about what, you know, it is <clears throat> that you do? And um, so I try to, you know, point out a lot of the different, you know, aspects and, and, and the different books that have influenced our research and what we're doing. Like and I said, these were the two books you were talking about, The Warmth of Other Suns. Yes, that's about the Great Mike. And the Negro Mike, the Motors Green Book. Yes. The, the ne- Green Motors Green Book. Talk about that. There's a movie about it, but it's not, it's not. Right. It's actually a documentary that's right. much better about right. what that green book is really about. Right. So right. talk about that. Oh, it's this book is the roadmap to the work I do. In fact, there's a guy, I forget his name. And let, let me just go on, but I forget his name, but what he did was he marked all the locations in the green book and they and and said where are these today? And these are all the areas that were redlined. So and destroyed by you know like city expansion and highway development. This is a lot of people. Like in Boston, eight thousand six hundred people, about two approximately two thousand six hundred families were displaced and wiped off the map. Right. Um, so and um, that book basically details like uh, Slades is in it. I believe Wally's is in it, and it just gives you the safe spaces. Because remember, if you're a, if you're a musician, right, traveling from town to town, you maybe you from the south. And you're going all the way up the northern, you know, the eastern seaboard, going from, you know, D.C., Philly, um, you know, New York, Jersey, Boston, right, going into Canada. You don't know where's a good, where's a safe space for you to be, especially if you're down south, because you don't know it might be a sundown town. You end up in the wrong town, and that'll be the last town you end up in. So you want to, you know, this book was actually like a roadmap to show the safe spaces that we could go to. And like you said, not get embarrassed, have to go through the back. But this place is like Airbnbs of, of back in there. It's like a yellow pages, right, of where bed and breakfasts, um, gas stations, um, you know, eating establishments, clubs, whatnot. And it shows you like every, like almost every city, a little bit of where you can go. And that place is safe. And it was released in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, I believe. Um, by a guy named Victor H. Green, why it's called the Green Book. And um, it was, a, I mean, this just shows how living during segregation, how dangerous it was that you needed a book to, to, to let you know where it was safe to go. But then, you know, but there, you know, and there are other books in there, like I told you, The Warmth of the Sons is very good. The Death of an American Jewish Community um, talks about how um, African-Americans and Jewish-Americans were pitted against each other in um, Dorchester, if you notice, you go to Dorchester, you see a whole bunch of Jewish temples out there. 68,000 Jewish people were kind of were influenced and pushed out of the area. There's a lot of misnomers around them leaving as if it was just, you know, like them wanting to get out of there. I don't know. That, no, that was true, too, because I moved. Like I'm, I'm a Bostonian, mm-hmm. native Bostonian, so I lived here. Mm-hmm. And, and basically wherever we could afford to live. So redlining was a key part of the governmental policies, and there's a clip that I wanted to show, but it's on YouTube and we can't play it. Got it. Um, that, but I encourage people to, if you'd like, to learn more about redlining and, and get in preparation because these workshops that you're talking about are interactive. We don't want people just to show up right. and sitting there, 
you know, just listening to a lecture. They're all I talks. Mean, bring, right. Yeah, so community bring community discussions. That's right. And so we're part of the community. So bring there are people of us, people like me that are still alive and older who remember right. um, what Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan looks like, um, especially Dorchester. Right. Um, when there was a high Jewish population and the transitions, if you grew up here, I mean, I've lived other places, so mm-hmm. I know the difference, but... If you grew up here, you saw the migration or the movement um, and the gentrification that has happened and what it looks like, what it feels like. Um, and I remember uh, growing up in, in Blue Hill Avenue was where you went. You right. could go to Blue Hill Avenue for anything. You could go mm. for, you know, the bread if, because there were bakeries there. There were bakeries, right. there were businesses. There were fish markets, meat markets, right. delis and everything. So there was a really intermingling. Down the South End, it was really eclectic in terms of a lot of different cultures right um stores harry the greeks you know Mm. so there were places that we went where we could go in there and we could get you know work boots or whatever jeans or whatever overalls because and you could go to blue hill avenue and basically get anything and if you couldn't find it there then you went to dudley now it's dudley it was Dudley Station, Dudley, but we call Newbie it Dudley. Square. It was Dudley. Dudley. So now, Dudley. <laughs> so now it's Nubian Square. But right. um, but you want to know what? There's connect- barely any Nubians that are there right now. But exactly. But do you know what? What was the common thread that caused the decline of everywhere you've mentioned, from Dudley to uh, well, um, you know, Blue Hill Ave, was the removal of the trolley and the train lines that used to connect these areas. So as we all know, and this is what redlining, and this is why it's so important that we understand this history, that while you had a lot of bakeries and other things there, those bakeries used to be fueled by tourists coming into Franklin Park to watch, you know, to go to the zoo or whatever else they Let would want to do. Let me tell you something. I remember, I have a picture, a black and white picture of me and my Nana at Franklin Park in front of the gates. The gates look very different now. Mm. When there were elephants there. There were mm-hmm. elephants and lions and tigers and bears and monkey mm-hmm. cages and snake cages and the whole thing. I remember when there were elephants at Franklin Park. Elephants, oh. not elephant. Elephants. Elephants. And there were there were gorillas. There were, you know, lions and tigers and bears. I'm telling you, when Franklin Park was really Franklin Park. Wasn't it free? It was free. Exactly. It was free. You see? So you Which see how that brings went, people right? into the community? Yeah, exactly. Just what I'm trying to say. Like, once those things change, then, you know, to, to get a business out of business, it doesn't take like a whole lot. People, these businesses are basically surviving on what, 10, 50, you know, five, 10% profit. So if you remove, you know, 10, 15% of the business that comes in, all of a sudden you've got a business that's going out of business. Let me tell you something. The show that I had last night, um, and I encourage people to go to, to BNN Media um, website. And it's you know on another level is the other show that I do in Studio A. And we talked about how the big box stores, actually the, the Dollar Generals, the Dollar stores, have been moving out local grocers and local business people. And I remember go, people knew your name. Like you literally right. could go into the store. They knew your name. They the knew village. your parents. You know, they could tell you when it was day-old bread, which was cheaper, the cut right. of meat. I mean, it wasn't... I remember the invention of plastic. I mean, plastic is on any, everything now. <laughs> but, you know, we didn't have plastic. Like, wow. we wrapped it, up in, wrapped it up in paper. There was the rag man. There was the ice man. I'm old enough to remember when the ice man came and he, and, and he chunked off some ice and put it in the ice box. And wow. then you had to empty the water that would melt in the bottom in the tray in the ice box. I mean, we, you were wow. balling if you had plastic 
you had plastic clothes hangers, you were balling because the clothes hangers were wooden. You didn't have a dryer. The dryer was you hung your clothes up outside in the clothesline. I mean, you know, you know what that reminds me of? My mama, I was talking to my mama, and she was saying, oh, yeah, you know, like, like when I was a baby that she used to wipe me. I said, well, how do you have that? And she said something like there was no Pampers or something back no, then. No, there was cloth, I'm, I'm like, so I'm like cloth, no, I was like, so you diapers. mean my, 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 my little backside was was <laughs> wrapped up in cloth? So you have to best believe it. I said, I never thought about that. Like, wow. Wrapped up in cloth with, right. these, with these, you know, these safety pins. pins. Yeah, I know. And you were balling if the safety pin, the end of the safety pin had like a swan or a duck or something <laughs> like that. I'm telling you. That's when you knew you had made you, it. You, you, you had made it. You got the little swan on your little uh, branding on your on your safety pins. You, you, you had the fancy safety pins. But I do, I remember, um, I mean, we never used the term recycling because that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, and yeah, we yeah, didn't, yeah. you didn't have plastic bags. You had paper bags. Right. And so, you know, and it was healthier. We didn't have all these chemicals in the food. You knew a lot of people had their gardens in their house. Wow. I mean, you know, when I'm saying in their house, I mean, you had a garden where you right. lived. Yeah. Or a grapevine. You were growing things that you were eating. You were growing things that you were eating. And then you were training with your neighbors that were growing other stuff. It was much healthier. I mean, we it was hard work. But and then the other thing, too, and um, that was so that when you, you know, it was punishment if you stayed in the house. Like now you got to get kids to go outside and right. get off and get off the oh, computer. Yeah. But but before, I mean, it was punishment if you stayed in the house. Right. Like everybody um, wanted to be outside. Outside, right? No, and then like the only time you would, I think, I think when I was about in my early teens, the only time my mom would see me was when it's time to eat, and then she'd be like, "Come on in and take your bath," and then the water would be looking at the bathtub like chocolate milk because you've been outside jumping on trees, running on running through fields. <laughs> You Jumping know, on trees, running, running through, through fields, kicking balls, lot. doing whatever you got to do. You know, that was there was green space. It was green space right. all over the place, right. and it wasn't about. I mean, Magnolia Street had magnolia trees up and down, mm. and so I remember the trees on Lawrence Avenue. I mean, trees on Lawrence Avenue, and it was a lot more green space, and so that's an issue too. You're you're an engineer, so you know how that impacts people's health. Oh yeah, the 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 the, the, the whole. Um, building you know it's pretty much what i'm talking about like is that the infrastructure we don't understand how much it plays a part in our life the urban planner and what they put out to you it determines whether you go to work how far you go to work from your office i mean from your home it determines where you go to school i mean i always i even say like you see if you understand if you were born in a hospital where you came out your mama was determined by a urban planner they said they, they were going to put the hospital here so this is how important it is and having green space and all these things it's like you know it actually gives you positive vibes and health and opportunities to go outside and run especially in all this cold it's difficult to uh you know find these um, opportunities so Boston our, our young people need to hear this because you know there's you know it's not just about going to the gym it's not about like you have to incorporate a, a good life in your, you know, good, healthy life in your lifestyle. During the summer projects, I kid you not, we have about about 60, 70,000 steps that you will take. I tell them we ain't got no English class or math class. We ain't got no PE class, but you're going to be walking. And they walk all over the town. Sometimes we have 11,000 steps in one day and, you know, People feel better and healthier, right? And even we have people that lose weight during our, I know I lose weight. 
you know, I have to come out there with y'all before we, because we're running down to the last minutes in the program. Right. I want to play this this promo, this trailer again. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Boston's story is a tapestry of community and history, shaped by a map drawn 86 years ago on February 1st, 1938. These lines weren't just boundaries, they were barriers. Today, we confront this truth head on, that our beloved city of Boston is segregated by design. Boston Red Line 86 ignites a month-long journey of dialogue, discovery, and change. As we revisit our past, we're redrawing our future, starting now. Welcome to Boston Red Line 86, Black History Month event series. Join the Afro American Academy's hashtag BRL86 Black History Month event series with 10 events spanning four historic neighborhoods, telling stories of resilience, unity, and hope. From the soulful echoes of jazz at Wally's in the South End to the revolutionary spirit of African Meeting House in the West End, from the majestic Jewish temples of Mattapan and Dorchester to our first struggles with diversity and inclusion at Hyde Park High School. Dive into the stories of redlining and urban renewal and join the movement crafting a fresh narrative for Boston. Engage in the events. Experience the walk and tour, support the cause by signing our petition, and explore the hashtag BRL86 bookstore. There's a role for everyone in this new chapter. From insightful talks to walking tours, there's a place for everyone. Together, we celebrate and stride forward. Starting February 1st, be part of Boston's new chapter with Redline 86. Register, join the conversation, and help build a culture to thrive in Boston. Visit www.linktree.com forward slash African One and follow us at African One. Let's unfold history together. Yes, 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 sir. Okay, so that so that is uh, that's it. That's right. it. Well, that's what we're doing, right? And you can, if you like, to um, get more information, go to what is it? www.linktree.com forward slash African One. Easier, go to Instagram. Check out African American Academy. There's the link in the bio, and all the information is there. The trailer, the uh, tickets, where you can get tickets, um, where you can get. Um, bookstore and the petition right so that's all that good stuff we're coming down to the last few moments so can, can we talk you, about for a saturday so we can talk about that um if you just tuned in you're listening to black teachers matter and wbca lp 102.9 fm in boston or boston's community radio station and i tell you that because we're about to end this episode with marlon solomon so go for it you can tell people where they yes. can get more information please right so this Saturday, um, we're doing Once Upon a Time in Nubian Square. It's a combination collaboration with Live Like a Local Tour, Colin Knight. And we're going to be um, touring Roxbury. And also I'll be giving a red line, you know, giving some red line information at a workshop at the Boston Public Library. We got food coming for Fresh Food Generation. So it's a great event. All you got to really do is just check it out. We've got some, you know, pay what you can. That's because we're trying to make it equitable so more people will be there. But basically, you make a donation, you know, $5, whatever, and you can be there. But we're asking if you can afford it, please um, put like wait, 35. Wait, 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 wait. We can't put any money out there. Oh, okay. Sorry, money. sorry, sorry, sorry. We can't sorry. do any of that. Sorry. And but anyway, yeah, donate just, what you can if you can. <laughs> so you can donate if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, there, 
or, or you can just find out other ways. Maybe you can volunteer or something like that. Right. We can't, we can't put that out there because this is radio. No, I get it. I get it. I didn't really think, because it's really donations. It's like I said, if you, you know. No, no prices. No right, policy. exactly. I, I didn't think about that. No profanity, no conflicts of interest. <laughs> they won't ever have no proper family or conflict of interest, but yeah, I might, well, I might slip know, up on the prices. It's a, it's a little bit, nah, well, you know. I might, I slipped you up can, on that. that's right. So we're coming down to the last few right. moments, and um, we're just encouraging people to find out more information if you'd like. Right. And uh, again, I want to thank you, Marlon Simon Solomon. Marlon Simon, you may change your name. Lord have mercy, Marlon <laughs> it's Solomon. It's not that late. No, it's it's. it's but it's, you work hard, so sometimes it's not. It's not about. It's not like everybody like that. Somebody I'm working hate. smart. I'm not working hard. I'm working, working smart. <laughs> I'm working smart. And I see you all over the place, too. I mean, what you're doing is uh, I commend you for putting this all together. And this program um, is before January, before the end of January and before the beginning of February 1st, when that's your first event, February 1st, this coming week. This is live tonight, but it will be run again um, in recording an additional time. So if you are still in the month of February, then you can, if you like, go to a website and find out more information. Look up Afro American Academy, mm-hmm. and also look up. Um, tell me the name of the programming again. Boston Redline eighty six. There it is. And so, thank you so much for being here this evening. Um, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. And we are we are doing the we're doing the thing here. Right. Right. Always. God bless. And so, thank you for joining us here on Black Teachers Matter with my special guest, Marlon Solomon. Join us the next time when we hopefully are giving you more information to build this nation. And that goes for everybody. What can I tell you? Um, The views and opinions presented here are not necessarily those of BNN Media, WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston, or any of its representatives or affiliates My name is Sharon Eaton Hinton, and we will be back next time with another guest. I actually am talking to some people about um, gynecology. I have my amazing black gynecologist. She's so incredible. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. God bless you and God bless your family. We're going through, but we will make it through.